Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. It's Monday. We've got a big week of sports coming up. CSU obviously got the massive, massive victory over the weekend. I should clarify CSU men's hoops, that is, at the massive border war victory. Talked about that a lot yesterday. A lot of you probably actually listened to that this morning. It is Monday. It is the 17th of February, which means, you know, March is just around the corner. We're getting so close to the Mountain West tournament. I can't believe that I'm already like two weeks away from that Vegas trip. Should be a blast. I uh, got a lot of fun stuff today. We're going to talk uh, what's happening around Agland. That's going to be the first segment. It's been a while since we've done this. Just going to kind of give a brief update on some of the other sports that we don't talk quite as frequently. Uh, also going to talk a little bit of office Saw an interesting thing come up on Twitter. A great question. Who's the greatest uh, B character in the history of the series of The Office? It's really tough. I actually put together a list of some of the greatest B characters. So I'm going to go over that a little bit as well. Got The Bachelor on tonight. There was a great, great all-star game. I really enjoyed the Elam ending. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't think it would be... I just I didn't think it would be that entertaining going in, but it obviously really upped the the competitiveness level. And it was just cool to see, you know, the league stars like actually going at it and actually trying to win this game. It is kind of lame. They got to come up with something like it can't end at the free throw line or something like that. That's super boring. But to watch, you know, Giannis and LeBron just going tat for tat and to see, you know, guys, guys taking charges. Who takes a charge in the All-Star game? Kyle Lowry, man, he's brave. He's brave. A couple of those were flops, but the one he took on LeBron in the lane was absurd. Obviously, great to see my boy Joker in the All-Star game representing the Nuggets. One of many. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be like a double-digit All-Star guy when it's all said and done, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was competitive. I know they do the, the Elam ending in the basketball tournament as well. I would be curious, maybe it's something that they could work into, you know, a college basketball tournament. I don't think I'd like to see that in March Madness or something where it actually really counts, but, you know, like a early season tournament, like the Great Alaskan Shootout or something like that, the the Jamaica Classic, the Bahamas Tournament, something like that, you know, where you just 
spice it up, make it a little bit interesting, try and get some of the better, you know, I'd love to see like Gonzaga versus San Diego state with an Elam ending or Duke versus Kansas or, or just something along those lines. I don't know, maybe shake it up, make things interesting. It was just cool. I mean, it was, it changes the entire way, you know, the, the fourth quarter ends up getting played. I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was a lot of fun. That's my take on the all-star game. Before we jump into what's happening in Agland, I did want to mention that the DNVR Rams podcast, as always, is presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. Right now, all you've got to do, mention DNVR, and you can get a free cheesy honey bread with the purchase of any entree. What a deal. What a steal. I mean, free cheesy bread, free pizza, that's the perfect family occasion. You know, growing up, there was nothing I liked more than going out for pizza with my family. It's a little bit more affordable than, you know, you got to get everybody individual entrees, something like that. You're looking looking at, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks, maybe more if you're going a little bit higher end. With this, you get a pizza, you get an entree on Bojo's. Hey, that's a quality night at a quality price. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to Bojo's Pizza. All right, all right, all right. Obviously, a massive, massive weekend for CSU men's hoops. Looks like they were heading for just a, a catastrophic loss to Wyoming. It it really would have been a massive setback to their chances of ultimately finishing in the top three. We've gone over this ad nauseum. Not going to go over it again on today's podcast. It'll certainly be something we focus on over the next couple of weeks. Seating is going to be everything. You know, like I said yesterday regardless of who you end up facing, you're going to have to face some good teams at some point. So at the end of the day, it's kind of a moot point, whether you're the three seed, the four seed, you're going to have to face somebody like San Diego state, somebody like Utah state. Just ideally, you're not going to have to do it right off the bat. That said, a massive game coming up against UNLV on Tuesday, going to talk about that game a little bit more in depth tomorrow. Got the late tip off at eight 30, you know, the, the late tips, they're a little frustrating on weeknights. I get that if you're a younger fan, if you're on the East Coast, if you're if something like that, you know, it's pretty frustrating. My friend Nicholas Toffelmeyer, daily Adam Thistlewood, actually interviewed him recently uh, trying to fix the audio, had some audio issues with that, trying my best to recover it because we had a, a pretty fun interview. If not, I'll just re-interview him, get him on here pretty soon. Uh, but, you know, my guy... Nicholas out in North Carolina, if he wants to watch this game, it's tipping off at 1030. That's assuming that it starts on time. That's brutal. I get that. But also, I mean, there should be a lot of eyes on it. I mean, we're getting to that point of the season where the more passive college basketball fans are also tuning in. It's not just the the freaks like me that have been tuning in since November that have been locked in since game one. Everybody else is getting involved now. And that's great. That's cool and everything. So hopefully CSU can take advantage of it, you know, take advantage while you're on the spotlight, 830. There's not going to be a lot of other games on at that time. Can you go out and show, you know, you are legitimately a top four team in the Mountain West? They've certainly played like it over the last month. There's no doubt about that. And they definitely looked like a a contender the first time they played UNLV. I mean, scored a, a season high for UNLV. 95 points. That was the most UNLV is allowed this season. That's a better way to say it. You, you know they're going to give you a, a better effort on their home floor. I'm really intrigued to see how the Rams respond. Can they come out 
and knock down some shots early. Obviously, you're going to want less turnovers. That was just such a huge problem for CSU in that border war game, particularly in the first half, just too sloppy, too many unforced errors. You might be able to get away with turning the ball over 17 times against Wyoming. You might be able to get away with turning the ball 19 times against New Mexico. You're not going to be so fortunate in these important games down the stretch. Got to value your possessions. And you just can't give extra opportunities to your opponent, especially when you're on the road, when you're on their own turf. It just makes it that much harder. I know that Thomas and Mac isn't exactly the home advantage that it used to be. UNLV is not you know, the program that it was in the 90s. Even so, it's still a great college basketball venue. I think this will be a, a great test for CSU, particularly with, you know, the home games you have remaining, Air Force and San Jose State. Two teams you can't sleep on, but two teams you should expect to be, especially at home. And then you have the trip to San Diego State. So we said all along that four and one would be the goal over the final five. That's still in play. I mean, technically five and oh is still in play too. Trying to be a little bit more realistic, though. If you go four and one, you put yourself in a great chance to end up in that three seed. You're going to need some help with Boise State because they have the tiebreaker and head to head. But it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be there through it all. Really, really looking forward to seeing how this group ends up closing the season. It's it's starting to get a little bit real, a little bit surreal that you know guys like Nico, Chris, but especially Nico Carvacho, who I've covered his entire career, like may only be around him, you know, for like another month or so. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's like there there haven't been that many players that I've been around for, you know, an entire career because I haven't been working in the media all that long. I'm only 24 years old, but I've been around Nico since day one. It's it's going to be weird when he's gone. I'm, I'm going to miss him. You know, I will miss him. He's He's a great interview. He's a great teammate. He's just fun to be around. This whole group's fun to be around. I just enjoy college basketball season in general. I enjoy interacting with the coaches. I enjoy seeing them, you know, work one-on-one and improve. Part of it is I saw how bad the program was. You know, I was covering it when it was at its lowest point. So I know just how terrible it used to be. So part of it is probably I'm just refreshed by what I'm seeing this time around. But even so, I'm just, I'm a romantic for college basketball Love it. I love my job. I love all of you guys. But let's jump into what's happening in Agland because that was supposed to be the first segment. We're already like 10 minutes in. So should probably should probably just get started on that. Alrighty, those that are new to the program or those that have not been listening since the fall may not be quite as familiar with this segment. It is what's happening in Agland. It's just a chance to kind of explore some of the other teams on campus. Some of the groups that I would like to, you know, maybe focus on a little bit more, but just don't have the time of the week. I mean, there's so many things going on, can only cover so many sports in depth, but I do want to at least keep everybody in the loop so that you can just kind of have, you know, your finger on the pulse, just kind of follow what's happening. So first things first, CSU women's tennis started the year on the right track. They defeated Grand Canyon in their first match of the season after which head coach Jared Camerata had this to say. This was a great team win. We showed a lot of resilience. Credit to GCU. They fought hard and made us earn it. We have to keep believing and playing with energy, and our results will continue to improve. Now we just need to recover and get ready for Nebraska. 
CSU women's tennis will now travel to Lincoln and face off with the Huskers on Friday, February 21st. That will start at 10 a.m. Mountain Time at the Dillon Tennis Center. A great start for CSU women's tennis. Off on the right track. CSU women's hoops unfortunately fell to Wyoming 43-40 to over the weekend, but this was a situation where the results didn't end up quite like the Rams were hoping for. But this was a day that was about much more than basketball, much like the men's team did a while back. The women's team was honoring cancer patients, local cancer patients on the back of their jerseys. This is so dope. I mean, this was one of the all-time great ideas. I'm not sure if this was something that was a CSU idea or a UC Health idea, somewhere in the middle. But just credit to everyone involved. It's just really cool. And it's a great example of, of how powerful sports can actually be. I know sometimes it feels a little silly, like why do we Im- invest so emotionally in this? Why do we get so worked up over people, you know, bouncing balls and scoring goals and whatnot? But this was just one of those moments that show how uplifting sports can be and how how well it can bring a community together. So really cool. I wish I could have been there. I was obviously in Laramie covering the men's game, but this is a quote from head coach Ryan Williams post game. That's a really cool thing to honor and support people who have much greater fight in front of them than what we had today. Head coach Ryan Williams said, I think our kids took a really prideful approach to represent. Well, sometimes we made it too emotional. You can make things too emotional and it makes you tight. So the Rams ultimately fell by three on their home court. Highly recommend that you go to CSURams.com. Check out the piece by Luke Zalman, uh, one of my good friends, former co-workers. Did a great job with that one. He's now working for CSU Athletics. Did a great job of just highlighting how Saturday was. It was about a lot more than the action on the hardwood, so kudos to Luke. Definitely go check that out. CSU Women's Hoops will be back in action this Wednesday against UNLV. You know, season's coming to a close here if you haven't had a chance to get out and support them get out and support the ladies there's no men's game on wednesday the men obviously play on the road tuesday perfect opportunity so go check them out go support them moving on csu softball they had a rough they had a rough time in puerto vallarta they face legit competition so it's like you know they're foreign csu softball four and five overall right now went zero and four down in mexico but, you know, they faced number 12 Tennessee, fell 6-4 in that game. Then they fell 2-0 to Ole Miss in extra innings. So right off the bat, you face two SEC teams, two top contending teams, go toe-to-toe with both of them. That's an encouraging sign. Ultimately fell 4-3 to Cal Baptist and then 3-0 to Utah. Like I said, you you would have liked to have fared a little bit better, but it's not the end of the world. Ultimately, these preseason tournaments are you know, or early season tournaments are kind of shaping you. They're preparing you for conference play. So you want to test yourself. You want to see where you're at as a program. We've all known that CSU softball is on the rise. The fact that they were able to go and, and compete like legitimately compete with a top 15 team in Tennessee another legit program in Ole Miss. That's really encouraging. That's a great sign that shows exactly where CSU softball is heading should only get better from here once they have their own facility. Uh, supposedly, that may start construction on that facility may start as soon as this summer. 
So things are heading in the right direction quickly with CSU softball. I'm very intrigued. We're going to talk more softball this year uh, than I've certainly ever been a part of. You know, softball was not something that I covered in my early years. It was definitely a missed opportunity last year. So I'm, I'm just going to try and give this program the the credit it deserves. And, and after all, it gives us a little bit more to talk about through the spring. So I'm excited for it. The Rams will have a chance at revenge against Cal Baptist in the Silicon Valley Classic this weekend. Have uh, three more tournaments, including one in Fort Collins in a couple weeks. So rough, rough time down, down on <laughs> rough time down in Mexico, but they have a chance to get back on track here. Alrighty, we're about to jump into this next segment on The Office, which I'm really excited about. This is obviously not the deepest segment I've ever done, but it's one of those that's really relatable because The Office is just such a big part of pop culture. It's it's really incredible what Netflix and, and Hulu, mostly Netflix, to be honest, but the streaming service has what these streaming services have done for the lifetime of some of these shows. I mean, sitcoms in the past, like you'd watch them and then they disappear, but the office and parks and rec and even friends and some of these other shows to an extent, like they all live on through these streaming services and, and give them an entire new audience. So it's been interesting to see how people react. I mean, obviously there's some stuff in the office that I think you probably couldn't get away with in 2020, which, you know, there's, that's not really a, philosophical debate that I really want to get into depending on which side you are on. There's, there's some stuff in the office that's not super PC. I'll just say that, but I think it's one of the funniest shows of all time. I think it's genuinely hilarious. So we're just going to go over some of the B characters, talk about uh, some of the better moments from them in that series. Before we do though, I got to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR with the Breck beer locator. It takes all the hassle out of shopping for beer if I want to go get a 12-pack of Avalanche Ale, I don't have to worry about, oh, is this liquor store going to have it? I hate that. It's such a pain. All I got to do, hop on the Breck Beer Locator, type it in. It'll tell me exactly where I can find that Avalanche Ale, that refreshing, gorgeous, beautiful drink. I don't think beer has ever been described as gorgeous before, but I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> Anyways, use the Breck Beer Locator. This is so dope. Such a great feature. It's going to save you a lot of time. And you're supporting a great company. You know, they're local. They are really cool. They put on great performances with bands. So I'm all about Breck. You should be too. All right, friends. Let's talk about one of the all-time classic TV series, The Office. I'm not sure there's any show I've ever watched more if we're talking about just watching the same episodes on repeat. If you start any single episode of The Office within 15 seconds, I can tell you, you know, what's going to happen throughout the entire episode. I've seen it that many times. Legitimately, I mean, with with the amount of times that I watched it, like in the dorms and with some of my roommates leisurely over the years, I, I, I probably watched the entire series 20 times all the way through. Like that may not be an exaggeration, maybe even more. I mean, that's how much we watched it. There have been like eight month period stretches where it's the only show I watch. I'll just keep watching it. And if I finish it, I just start over. That's how much I love this show. I think it's it's absolutely hilarious. So let's talk about some of the more underrated characters, the B characters, if you will. When anyone talks about The Office, obviously, you know, Jim Halpert, Michael Scott, the obvious characters, Dwight Schrute, 
all of them are great. They all have their moments, but I think subtly what makes this show is it's just some of the weird interactions they have with the, with the non main characters, the B characters. So some of the elite B characters, in my opinion, Robert California played by James Spader. He comes in post D'Angelo Vickers, who is played by Will Ferrell. Both of these guys, there's a strong argument for just an elite B character. They were really absurd. I think when Michael Scott, when I'm drawing up Steve Carell, I don't know how I drew a blank on his name. When Steve Carell left the show, I think there was this like void. They kind of, the office, there was, you know, a season or two stretch where you could tell they were kind of trying to search. They, they put all these different guys in. Eventually they settle on James Spader and Robert California is just one of the most absurd characters on the show. Really, really weird. One of those who's like always trying to mess with people's minds, uh, really creepy, like super sexual, uh, just the whole nine yards. But the, the first couple of times I watched the office, I couldn't stand him. I hated Robert California. They were some of my least favorite episodes, but the more I watch it, the more he grows on me. And that's the case with a lot of the more absurd characters like Creed. Creed is a, a crowd favorite and Creed has been great from the start. I mean, everybody loves Creed. He's one of those characters where he doesn't say a lot, but whenever he does talk, it's always like can't miss just great zingers throughout. He obviously his entire, his entire character arc is just ridiculous. This like wanted felon that is hiding out in plain day working at this paper company in Scranton. Just absurd. But I love the people that are even weirder than Creed. Like Creed is weird, but he's still like fairly normal in terms of like an office setting. Like he's not that over the top. Gabe, on the other hand, Gabe is just a freak. And Gabe is like my favorite character in the office period. I know a lot of you are probably saying, Gabe, how? There's so many better characters. I get it. Gabe isn't that significant in the scheme of things. He's not that important to the plot, but he's just bizarre absolutely bizarre and he's a phenomenal actor i think zach woods who plays gabe is just a phenomenal expressional actor if you watch him watch his eyes just total creeper and he has some of the greatest lines when he hosts the party and he's talking about like the the soundscapes and or like the horror movies it's just ridiculous when he freaks out about andy trying to get with Aaron, it's it's some of the all-time moments in the office. One of one of my favorite scenes in the entire series is they're interviewing candidates and Andy tries to interview and Gabe just has this vendetta against him. You know, he's like, I think he's a rat. And just it's it's hilarious because you see him go from like this dorky, like kind of accountant looking, nerdy looking dude with a big old goofy smile to like straight serial killer mode and woods does this really well in Silicon Valley too. There are a couple of moments where he just snaps and I just think he's a phenomenal actor. So those are my favorite B characters. Some of the honorable mention, uh, Mose Mose is funny, but he's kind of like too much of a character for me and he creeps me out. So didn't include him. Broccoli Rob played by Stephen Colbert. One of Andy's old, uh, here comes trouble group members just absurd. I love that one where he steals his song. I love Stephen Colbert in general, but I think he's really funny in this little cameo. 
And then Toby, I actually put Toby on Twitter. That was one of, he's who came to mind at first, but it was pointed out to me that you couldn't keep Creed off. And ultimately if if I had to go with one, I got to go with Creed over Toby. But I do think Toby is underrated. I think he's really, really funny. The scene where he puts his hand on Pam's thigh and then just like hops the fence because he's so uncomfortable and scared of Jim is is absolutely hilarious. But I love this show. I love that it has managed to stay relevant for as long as it has. I actually watched The Office growing up with my parents. So like I watched it live when it was actually airing on NBC. And there's really a there's an argument that NBC had the greatest you know, night of television. I know in the nineties, like ER and a couple of other shows were all on the same night. So maybe this is me speaking out of context because I'm too young, but there was one point where parks and rec, the office community and 30 rock all were on the same night. I believe it was Thursdays. Uh, They were all on the same night on NBC. And I love every single one of those shows. Those are four of my favorite sitcoms. So I think that was, just like one of the stronger times for television. This would be an interesting podcast. I think actually Bill Simmons may have done something like this back in the fall. I vaguely remember uh, listening to him and like a TV critic talk about some of the greatest, you know, single eras of television in history. I geek out over this kind of stuff. It's, it's just something I like to nerd out over the marketing, the process, how they market shows to audiences, how they end up airing them. You know, when a TV show is on says a lot about it, like the Friday night slot, obviously, typically is when shows go to die. That's kind of when they're less relevant. I love The Office. I think there are just some all time moments. I would love to hear what your thoughts on these B characters are. Do you agree with me? Do you totally disagree with me? All that fun stuff. Uh, we'll, We'll be back tomorrow. Plenty to talk about hoops wise. Really looking forward to this UNLV game. Hope everybody has a great Monday night. Hope everyone has an excellent Tuesday morning. Word, peace out, much love. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non